What's up, Biz? Brother G, what's up, man? I'm good, brother. Uh, now they get to put a face with the voice. Now they get the face with the voice again. <laughs> did, we even, did we even do that early on in season two? Uh, maybe once. I think I stood in once. We did the first episode. No, I haven't been in none of season two. Oh, so I think you jumped in. Like you came over and said, "Oh the yeah, 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 yeah." Because uh, Don had to go pee. Yeah, Don had to pee. <laughs> I mean, there was at least one other time I think. Mm-hmm. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Common Sense, the podcast. Yeah, we're recording this one. Sorry, our intentions were to do this live and really get y'all to chime in, get a lot of feedback, but. You're just going to have to leave us lots of comments and send us messages out. ICC is like totally under this brand new revamp. I think within three weeks, you'll be able to see why we had to move spaces for a little while. But you're luckily, going three weeks. I'm going I'm going six weeks. I think three. I think I think soft opening is going to be on X day. Oh, you that, mean like legit, legit ribbon cutting like no, bam, I mean six like weeks? That, that, that'll happen on X date. I think you know what date that is. That I don't. I don't. I just hear whistling in the wind. No, okay. you know, I'm making so my assumption it's, based it's, on what I'm seeing. It's about six weeks is when the soft opening is planned. Okay. According to like right now. But the room that we record in, which it makes sense, has become a glorified storage room between head HQ and where, what they're working what on. What they're working on. I don't see them stopping that. No. And that'll be the very last room that they finish out before they do the soft opening. That makes sense. I mean, like, it, it's what makes sense. I mean, if I was running the construction project, that's what I would do. I it mean, makes sense because it's the room that people don't see anyway. It's the room that nobody sees. It's shut off. It's secure. You can do all that stuff. So, Well, it's allowed us for the last few episodes to go, go to your glorious studio. And hang out, but now Texas actually does have a winter, so it got. I guess you said the north wind got that a little north too cold. Wind, man, I haven't put that shade in yet. So that north wind, man, it's it's unbearable. Ask any of the people that came over to my house for New Year's. Well, so my then, wife froze out two wives on the patio, there, even with all your heaters and fires. Oh man, and it don't matter. Else. It don't matter when that north wind is blowing. Man, it is a straight up like wind tunnel, like. Think about that old Maxwell commercial where the dude's like, oh yeah, 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 with, like with the that, speakers the in them. Yeah, that's what that North Wind does through there when it starts. Yeah, cracking. I having that. Well, and thank you very much for uh, Derek and Sheree Sims for giving us, yes. the, the gracing us with allowing us to use this cigar lounge here at the Monarch Stag. Uh, which if you guys have not been yet to the Glen next door, their restaurant, Incredible. or the Monarch Stag, or Rare Books. They Jay own Theodore, them all. They own them all. Uh, very dear friends of mine. I've been allowed to do a lot of social media stuff for them. I actually got to document the building of this whole thing from demo of the old company, whatever that was that was here, to yeah. ribbon cutting, like to the grand opening. So every process, every step from auditioning, they they have a uh, Cirque du Soleil type ring acrobatics and all kind of stuff to the shelving to... This spot is dope. Yeah, so. I mean, they got the piano man or guitar set up, depending on what little music they have going here. They got the cigar lounge, which is where we're at right mm -hmm. now. You guys are invited to join us, too. Like, I know you guys are going to see this after the fact. Watch the posts. If this goes well today and Derek and Sheree are happy with how this all went down, when they get back from vacation, we may be here again. we're going to rock and roll. You know and what? Thank you, Don Brooks, too, because Don Brooks was very instrumental in making this happen, This too. is DB's spot. I didn't realize how much he hangs out here until the last time he was on. Yeah. He bounced from the podcast to come down here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, be, I think it would be interesting. Those Now, you talk about common sense. Derek and Cherie, when I when I saw how they do business and the things they do and how they do it, because I spent I spent a year with them doing this, and I was yeah. like, damn, it's everybody doesn't get they just see the end results, they don't see the work that goes in. 
Yeah. And I'm talking about down from, I sat a whole day with Cherie as she picked out silverware, glasses, napkins. And it was different glasses and silverware for like when they first opened to yeah. late night. Like that all switches as you go. So just just the nuances that they put into this. If you look at the glasses, the, you know, and it's the same things that I'm noticing at ICC when you have to go yeah. through and they're testing different wine glasses for different looks and feels and all that. The patron doesn't see that. We just show up and have a good time. You're not even paying attention to the glass. You're looking at the libation in it and don't realize how much decision and planning goes in yeah, just I mean, to that the glass. From the curtains, to the chairs, to the tables, to the ashtrays, to the... All of I that. Mean, that's just in the cigar part. And they got, you know, a full-blown bar and restaurant on both sides. And, you mm-hmm. know, rare books. I mean, what Derek has curated there in his bourbon alone. I mean, yeah, it's, dope. it's sick. It's dope. I, I mean, lie, if y'all dope. haven't been, you really need to check it out. I mean... Plain on in the Both star. of them, I mean, like, top-notch experiences. Now, you can go back and find on my page, too. My wife and I were actually in the commercial you shot yep, yep. when they were first opening When they this. first I mean, opened it up to see what the out. experience is like. The seafood, the the cocktails, the, the nightlife. The, I mean, the, the whole atmosphere they've curated down to everything. So, I'm going to switch it up for two seconds. Yeah. And tell me... This is second season, second year. You've been doing this. This has been a dream of yours. This is something you wanted to do. We know how you blogged and got here from blogging. Yeah, yeah. What have you taken away out of all the guests? Can you name anybody in particular that probably you took away the most from that episode? Is there anyone? Name one that I took the most away from? Man, my wife's going to laugh. I'm so glad this isn't live now. Um well, theoretically, it is because I'm not going to edit what, what you just said. We're going to keep no, that but there. I'm saying I'm glad we can't be getting the comments right now already. Oh, because she would get, okay, because she makes fun of me because I'll come home from an episode and she'll be like, "Well, how was it?" Even though she watched the whole damn thing, or at least most of it, unless she was working, and she's and I'm like, "Oh man, that was the best!" Like I di- I didn't think it was going to go like this or that, and I you know I have so much to say about it, or you know what we talked about on air versus off air. You know, there's just been so much, but I, I, it would be really hard for me to say one guess. I think I would have learned is like it's really amazing. Well, give me an overall, then. Let's not people make that would one. like to, that how willing they are to share their stories and and experiences, and you know, to tell their story. Like, and people want the opportunity to do that, and I just think it's really cool. I mean, I mean, I can tell you, I can think about like three moments right off the top of my head that I was just absolutely blown away and I wasn't expecting that. Like Alvin talking about his suicide attempt. Yeah, that was You deep. know, um, stuff like that, man. Like that, when something like that happens and trying to transition and like figure out where you're going to go, it's like, and of course, you know, it's like time you don't have a mic. I'm looking at you like, throw me a lifeline, bro. Throw me something. 2024, like, I will be totally mic'd up. I'm even working on a second camera. So you, we'll call it the busy. Like, what the F camera? Because there's moments like that. But it, you know what, though? But I like it because that was a natural. Mm-hmm. It, it was something, and it caught you off guard, the emotion of it. And if anybody listening or watching, it's the same effect. You're not the only one that probably responded that way. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. But, I mean, like, one guess that I learned the most from... Um, you know, there's little things I take from each one. So that's really hard to say. Like Scott Phillips, man, like 
I got him to talk about, you know, he kept talking about the Cowboys. You know, we just posted that short clip mm-hmm. where he was talking about the coaching and how he wants somebody to get him five minutes with the Cowboys and that he could fix them. You know, like he, when he, he right brought now, it up. Please, like, right yeah, now. now. He brought now. this stuff up like a lot, like Navy SEAL, Man of Faith, Jiu-Jitsu, you know, like he was adamant about this X factor. And, man, it took me, I mean, we talked for a while before the show. We were on there for two hours well plus. over two hours. Yeah. And then I had him there for another hour, hour and a half after the show. And it took me all that just to get him to break that down a little bit for me. And I ain't going to spill it because I think he's going to do a book and he wants that to be part of his book. So I get it. But, like, little things like that of sharing experiences, a way someone was able to flip something around, you know, there was a lot, of, you know, the ones that amazed me as well, like, are you, do you know what our number one show was from the year? Like, the most viewed, like, and it's so skewed. That's going to tell you who it was, I think. But, like, number one show, do you know what it was? Frenchie? Frenchie. Baptiste Marchese. The, you know, the bench press master from the wild, from the bench to the he wild. Had, he hunts so. bears and alligators and crawdads, but he's from France, and he lives on a ranch Way out in Weatherford, Texas, Timbuktu. He's like the French mountain man. Yeah, he's like the most Frenchman ever turned Texas redneck ever. And, and, embraces and he did it in it. a minute. And he's like, he is like full-blown Texas redneck now. Bought the truck with no floor and all kind of crazy shit. But just, but over in France, they want to do that. And he's yeah. doing it. So they want to be that. But that you, you know who I took the most from was uh, the young man that was an entrepreneur with the cars. Who was that? Are you talking about Doug Cardoza? Are you talking about that, Spanky? He started rapping and everything else. Remember him? Oh, JJ. JJ. I, 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 I am him to a degree, but I'm much older. But it's like there were so many things. Like, shit, I didn't think Sarah's of that. Or I didn't think of that. with you on that one. Really? I just liked what his attitude. Whether it, some people call it cocky. Some people call it confident. I call it just, but he had a sense of, I know what I want. And I'm going to get it come hell or high water. Oh, JJ's, you, you're either going to hate him or love him. And I, yes. I mean, I've got both sides of it. I mean, we've got. There's no gray. There's no gray. There's no gray. It is a black or white. And I, I just, at 14, the way he was flipping cars, things like that. That's what I like to see in people. Find a hustler. hustle all day. I, yeah. I, I hustle so damn much, I don't want to hustle no more. I, I've always, we've always talked off camera. I am spending so many plates. I just want two or three, not 17, you yeah. know. But when it's in you, and you get excited about so many things, it's hard to turn that off. But Tyler Perry said, and Tyler, think of this, Tyler Perry is an example. A man that was homeless and all he had was one play, just one play, and for five years, every season, he tried to get this play to work and it never did. Then he put everything he had into one last show. He was living homeless in his van, and finally he found his niche, his audience, which was the church audience. Medea's more churchy. And all these church folks showed up, and now this man owns his own studio, larger than Warner Brothers lot, whatever. It's an entire army base converted into a studio because he focused on one thing. He watered one plant, one flower, one rose. Instead of trying to do a whole bushel, he got it down to one and just mastered that one. That's crazy. I'm reading a book, and I can't even tell you who it's written by right now, but I just started this, and the book is literally called One Thing. That's oh, The One Thing. It's, it's a white book thing. with the big... What, I, don't know. I got the I got the digital version. It's called it right the one now. thing. Yes, one I, thing. I read it a long time I'm, ago. I'm I'm in the middle of that right now. That and that is where my clarity is lying. But the problem is, 
if you look at me, digital creator, things like that. DJing, I breathe, dude. I've been doing that shit since I was 12. That's easy. But in the digital creation world, that's one thing, but it's so many things under that one thing. Podcast producing, marketing, filmmaking, all these other nuances. I think what's helping you is you're getting to a point where you can pick and choose a little bit. And you know what I, I mean? Like, yes. and you, but you still got to treat it like a business. And that, but and and if it's if someone's not responding in a business like way, got to keep it moving. Then whether you really wanted to do that project or not, you need to kick that one to the curb. And I think that's something you've been doing steadily over the last years. Well, because the desperation, the desperation for money go when you stop chasing money and start looking at success, money then becomes the byproduct of what you do. And I've had to learn that because now, and also the quality of what you mess with and what you work with. Yeah. If you, you know this, you've had clients that are beer budget and they're the biggest pain in your ass and you have clients that are straight champagne and it's the smoothest. And long as you provide the value and what you promised, they're the easiest to work with. They give you the most referrals They do everything. But when you get the bottom of the barrel, cheap client, man, I mean, either way, you do what you say you're going to do. And I, I mean, I love that. I mean, and I've never left anybody hanging. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's the little job or the big ass job, I've never walked away from a job. I've never, I've never thrown in the towel and like, you know what, we're done. Find somebody else to finish this job. Brandon, I've never done that in fifteen years. Uh, you know, I like to think I've treated everybody with the same amount of respect, and I always do what I say I'm going to do. Now, you know, because I mean construction there's always stuff that happens there's problems you got to work through that's part of the game mm-hmm. so i mean i think as long as you do those things the stuff comes together like when you when you worry about something it's just like you know i look back to like when i was younger and like when you worry about finding the girl you ain't gonna find the girl the minute you stop looking they show up you find the girl yeah like i mean like it's like clockwork like when you like and, and to me i think you can manifest certain things you know, me and my wife just had a really interesting conversation about this within the last week. I'm a very strong believer in that you can manifest things and that the more good you put out there and the more bad you can keep out of your life and the more things you can focus on, you know, I've cut way back. And, you know, this year was a year of transformation for me. There's a lot of things I didn't like that were happening in my life. There are a lot of things that were getting out of control, mm-hmm. you know, like my weight. You know, I mean, I made that a mission in 2023. Yeah, we went in on that one. After Alex came on, we just said, let's yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, we started the year. Our first show last year was Alex. I was like, you know what? This is part of what I'm doing. This is this is going to happen. I just you talked know? to him today, I matter, because I missed my appointment meeting today because I was swamped with work. Yeah. And I missed it, but still checking in. But you're correct. You have to fit, realize, but going back to that one thing. I have a friend of mine that puts 200 goals. Every Like, if it's 224, she'll make 224 goals. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? I got five. Just five. And I People wanted to make a list really of that. multitasking and you're not. Nah, there's no like such thing. You shouldn't be multitasking. No it means you're, you're taking away from one thing to focus on another one. Like, you know, that's... It's one thing I like that they talk about that in that one thing book. Like multitasking is like the biggest crux shit. I used to be like the hardcore planner. Like I'm so OCD about certain things and like planning this and scheduling it out. And it's like now I try to look at it as like what's the one thing like you know that I really need to focus on today. What, gonna what's going to make the biggest book. difference? Like, but I'm still looking at that in like what's the one thing I can do and. With the podcast, what's the one thing I can do at Element Enterprises? What's the one thing I can do with my wife? You know, 
those type of things as they come up throughout the day and things that don't matter seem to kind of go away or fall out of place. My goal is to with that is just to like, even with this getting here, setting up whatever it's like, I have to, to, to stop having three and four things in one day and just have one or two because everything, no matter what it is, that one thing, like before I got here, finishing up something somewhere else, they'll run late. Yeah. And it causes you to be 15 minutes late. And Brandon told me the biggest thing, the goal that I would set if I were you is just that, just be on time. Be on time, be 10 minutes early to any and everything you got, you'll never be late with anything. Just that. Yeah. Time management has been a part of my goals every year for like the last 10 years. Yeah. And the problem is, I figured it out just this year, I overschedule myself too much. My wife gets in my ass about it all the time, but I always think that, hey, you, just if I see a free window in my, in my calendar, as long as it's free, I'll stick something in there. I never give myself a chance to breathe in between anything. If it's a meeting, if it's a lunch, if it's anything, and now that I pretty much kind of take care of my mom since my dad passed away last year, it is a lot more with that because I got to take her to doctor's appointments, make sure she's good and all those things. So that's something that that's a little volatile because, but yeah. she does pretty good at letting me know when her that's appointments are. That's an adjustment are. too. That's, it's a big adjustment. I mean. And so... So when you cut a lot of the other nuances out, now you want to take meetings or take things that actually are going to have some point of return. That's what I'm trying to make sure now that everybody knows what I can do, what I bring to the table. Time management needs to get better. I'm one that I, I admit that all day, but I no longer have to audition. My, hey, you know what I do. You've got it. You've seen it. You watched it. We good. So now here's my value. Here's what my value is worth. Either you do or you don't. And if you yeah. don't, I've learned the one big thing, everybody's not your client. And you've, I've had to fire clients. Everybody's not it. So even in life, if you talk about common sense, yeah. now this is the part where you have to start using it. And to me, I think common sense is learned and earned. And you earn it by the mistakes you make. You learn those lessons from it, and you can continue on. I mean, my biggest challenge this year is I have a, again, because, you know, I've already gone through it, but with my adopted son, I have a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And going through that again, it's like, I mean, damn, dude, I had this dude drug tested last month because I was like, you just can't be this damn stupid. You must be yeah. on something. No, he wasn't. Everything was negative. I had him tested for everything down to aspirin. Like, is this kid <laughs> on something? No, it's just, paint? I mean. just something. And it's just he's a 15 year old Gen Z in the or whatever Gen he is, A, Alpha, A, I don't know. He's a 15-year-old in the 21st Generation century. Buck the system and do what I want. Man, and, and I saw us because we live in Frisco. And he's an, and nah, all, all them kids, I don't care where you are. I got nieces and nephews and all of them that are just on some entitled shit that I haven't, I mean, you have to earn it. This kid has to earn his haircut. We created house. that, though. Gary Vee said that. You can't be mad about it because you No, because we gave them everything we didn't have. And we and didn't I take don't. the time. I know, but I mean, we didn't take the time to show them. How to get it. How to get it. I, my kids have to earn and haircuts, you know, like, dude. They have to earn it, but like if they don't, we still fall through because it's easier than taking the time to show them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying just specific to your kid, like in that situation, but it's like, you know, my dad, his, my grandfather was a builder like he built how like he built the first like two houses they lived in like master carpenter like could do anything my dad yeah he learned how to do some of that but he was more of like a wood carver and learned how to play with that stuff because he didn't want to build a damn house he didn't want to do that he wanted to find a way to be able to have the money to pay somebody to do it i agree and then that goes on the same thing so like yeah, did I help my dad? Did we build a tree house when I was a kid and stuff like that? Yeah, we did that. But, like, I wasn't taught 
a trade or a skill like that where those kids do that. Like, and that has generationally gone down and down and down because there's more stuff that computers are doing and being industrialized, and these kids are doing that. But like, just like we had to show our parents how to how to program a VCR to record <laughs> a, a TV show. Well, these kids are showing us how to tell ChatGPT how to program our lives, you know, like, I mean, like, yeah. they know because that's all they do is sit and play on these damn iPads and their laptops. But and where like, are the vocational crazy. things like a plumber, a They're carpenter, by the electrician, a mechanic, like these things. So I watched the episode of South Park and it was funny because a handyman was now a seven-figure job mm-hmm. because nobody else knew how to do the simple stuff. And so the handyman could take it. It was funny. He showed up broke driving an old beat-up Toyota at the beginning of the episode. And at the end, he was showing up to jobs in a brand-new Escalade with gold chains on. And he yeah. had little dudes doing the job for him because people were bidding just to have them come change out a trap on a sink. They yeah. couldn't do that. And that's just like, that's kind of where the society is going to. And like when my mom, you know, my mom went to a technical high school where it was a vocational school. It was a high school, but it had four trades that were there. And I'm like, yes, IT and coding and all that stuff is cool, but there's no emphasis on teaching the things. All the people that did this. Yeah. And you can you can pretty much set your price if you We're can make it happen. We're going to an episode. There's going to be an upcoming episode early this season where we're going to sit down with Grady and Ryan. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sit down with Grady yeah, with first, builders. and then we're going to do like a round table with me, Ryan, and Grady. Just but that. Wow. I'm, I'm telling you for a fact, in the next 10 years, whoever goes out there and finds a way to train craft tradesmen, I'm talking like... Take a mentorship, something, work as the lowest man on the totem pole, but become a master at plaster, drywall, painting, you can write plumbing, too. electrical, you know, these things. Those are diminishing so fast, and yes. those people are retiring, and there's the people that can do that are going to be able to charge an absolute premium. If like, I wasn't as old as I is was, right now, I would do that. Yeah, I'm same here. Seriously. I mean, like, I'm not going to turn around and go start swinging a hammer and, you know, no. learning how to frame a house and become a master framesman or a trim guy. But somebody that does, some 20-year-old right now that jumps on that's not sure what they should do with their life and that likes physical labor and likes to do this and, like, wants to learn how to run a business, like, learn how to do that, I guarantee you, those people are going to get paid as much, if not more, than doctors and lawyers. And then if they take that trade, pass that down, teach it, and run mm-hmm. their own team. I mean, and I truly believe anything you do no different than what I do. If I can treat, teach somebody how to do it, I can show them how to do it. But if something happens, I can get in there and do it as well because exactly. I it. A lot of people want to get into management and overseeing and project management. But if somebody doesn't show up for work that day, are you able to pick it up, pick up the weight and run with it? That's the problem in construction. None of these project, most of these project managers don't know how to actually do the work. I mean, they can run they, a project. They can run the project. They know who to call. They're calling Juan and Jose and you know but, all these guys. But, but like, they can't get if down. They don't do show it. up or whatnot. That job just sits, and it doesn't matter what other circumstances there are, timelines, deadlines. It, it doesn't matter because it's just going to sit. This past year has been kind of like what you just said. If you think about it, I've had conversations with people who 
get mad when they talk about people from other nationalities and cultures and get mad and this and third and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I said, do you notice something with entitlement just with being within yourself as American? If you notice other cultures come into this country, bust that ass, create something and go with it. And that's just a way of thinking. It's a mindset. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying everybody can't do it. But there is when people try to, you know, that's what I love about a cigar lounge. We really don't talk about race and politics and religion. And then we do. But I just say in comparison to if you look at the comparison of the American dream, what made me think of this is that this year I watched there's been a ton of documentaries on Netflix of different people. And I I watched Arnold Schwarzenegger's documentary. And I was Mm -hmm. like, think about that. He just literally focused on Charles Atlas and wanted to be a bodybuilder, did it. Then he focused on Ronald Reagan, wanted to be a politician, he did it. Then he wanted to be governor. I mean, just, and the and, and only thing that stopped him from being the president is because he wasn't born in this country. Otherwise, he would have done that. Yeah. But just the focus and the tenacity to do something well, and it not stop you come hell or high water. Yeah, I agree with that, but the, you know, this started and uh, this will get me slammed a little bit on here and th- this ain't saying me leaning either way. Some of this started back like Barack Obama and Trump with this border stuff. And I'm not saying that this is not a huge huge issue. But it and it absolutely is. Where we screwed up is we need to find a way to secure our borders. But at the same time, we need to find a way to make legit people that want to come to America and chase the American dream a guaranteed, easy, efficient, effective way to do so. I mean, we have all the technology. We have clear eyes and shit where we can skip an airport line and they can run our entire background if we get our stuff entered into the system so that they can go, oh, yep, he's good. Let him go. If we can do that for flying on through an airport and yeah. getting where we want to go, then why can we not secure our borders and have a process in place to where we do an Interpol check and background check and you run this stuff like, yeah, it's going to take time, but we there's more jobs for people to process people in and out. Here's your temporary. This is a 90-day. This is your one year, and then now you're on your way to your you know full-on deal. Like, that should be really easy to solve. But, no, we've bullshitted around messing with this for the last decade. Slowly but surely, and, you know, I don't think I'm saying anything wrong here, that, like, you know, like Hispanics, like the Latinos, they're hardworking people. Without a doubt. And they will do the jobs that, no offense, most white people don't want to do. I mean... And I don't think it's just a skin color thing either, but I mean, like, no, I mean, most Americans don't want to do the jobs that foreigners will do. And that's not just one race. I mean, that's across the board. Like, it's across that's why you see these first generations come over here. They want that because Americans don't realize how great we have it. Now, most you, of us have not traveled out of the United States. If you take it back to that, like you just said, the first generations, I don't care if you was Italian, Polish, whatever, yeah. they, everybody grinded. They come over here believing, like, that they believe in whatever it is they want to do, and they're going to do whatever it takes to do that one thing, and they're putting everything on the line to do it. That's why they're so successful when they, like, do these things, like, that they do get over here, and they are legit. They're super successful. When slavery ended, you had to think about how 
African Americans put together. Uh, well, unfortunately, it got bombed and it was all drastic and effed up. But you know, Black Wall Street—that's Tulsa, Oklahoma. When you have not so messed up. It, it's but like I said, so okay, fine, well, cool. We got our don't even know about that, and that's the thing. It's crazy. The educational system doesn't cover all the people. If I just take, if we go first generational people that actually busted their ass to build what we have today, no matter what your culture is, that's crazy. How now it went from bring me your hungry, bring me your tired, you're the poor. Now it's so politically minutiaed, and everything is so crazy. I'm just curious because I don't know. I wonder how hard it is to get into other countries in the world. Hard or not Dude, hard? It's or not how that organi- hard for Is it organized? Things. Is it easy to become a citizen of France or of of Africa or Dude, of you, any other, anywhere else? You need to see, like, I just watched a podcast. So, you know, and this is, this is why I like podcast format, too. Like, this is why I absolutely love this. Because our media and the news is such bullshit. And it's such propaganda. It's and control. Crap, and it's, it's control. All about control. And, you know, this is this is how people are going to get their news. This is how people are going to learn about things. This is how people are going to, you know, th- this is how media is adapting. Until they find podcasts. a way to censor this. You know, then, they're, you know. Where they're trying their hardest. It's why it's so hard to grow a show. And you just got to, like, stick with it and, you know, keep going at it. But, you know, I just watched one. This cat, what was his name? I think I might butcher this. He was on... Um, Mike Drop, Navy SEALs podcast. This dude, I think it's Tyler Cavanaugh. I could be wrong. It's Tyler something. This dude is your typical, like, bonafide GQ badass. I mean, this cat is Jack, did steroids, was piss and vinegar his whole life, became a Navy SEAL, didn't have his shit together, Gets kicked out of the SEAL teams after multiple, like, people trying to save his ass. Gets kicked out of the SEAL teams. Almost commits suicide. Then the dude just decides he's going to go become a French foreign legionnaire. Which is basically like a delta force for the French. That will take anybody from any country... And the dude just got his visa, bought a plane, sold all his shit, bought a plane ticket, and showed up at the French Foreign Legionnaires compound and just said, I'm here. I want to do this. Went through that whole process, aced it. Now he's out of that. Now he's a coach and, you know, doing all this other stuff. But, I mean, yeah, it. We're the only ones that, that seem to not be able to figure it out for whatever reason of how to secure our borders and put a good process in place to let good people in and keep bad people out. It, I mean, to me, this is not that damn hard with the amount of technology we have today to find solutions to this. And, yeah, I mean, how long and how much of a job would it – how many jobs would it provide if we just built a wall? Build a wall on our borders. I mean, that's somebody's job for an entire presidency. Mm -hmm. Secure our walls. Also, put in a new immigration company to that is government, government jobs, databases, all of this, and connect. I mean, the FBI, all these other people supposedly do this and run background checks on people and make a legit process for people to become a citizen. 
Unfortunately, though, somebody's going to try to somebody will find the loophole, then they'll capitalize on it, and then it becomes the whole minutia no different than the, the the drug business, you know, with medicines and all that stuff. Everybody's making a way to make money off of something, and they find a way to backdoor it. I mean, yeah, but up. the percentage would be so small. I mean, if you legit put up a border. And you legit made it away. I mean, obviously, gotta there's be still huge. people flying in and out. There's still people flying in and out. There's still boats arriving and stuff like that. I mean, you can't build a wall all the way around and protect us on all sides. Mm-mm. But you could at least make a border wall between Canada the and hell. See, you know, nobody Mexico. talks about Canada. Nobody, talk, nobody talks about Canada. It's always Mexico. If you think about the old school movie Red Dawn, yeah. they came in through Canada. Mm-hmm. They landed in Kansas and Nebraska, where I'm from, and they came in mm-hmm. through the north. Like, when, did nobody see it coming? Yeah. You know, come over the Bering Strait through Russia and then come around the, and take a left <laughs> at, at Albuquerque. Just, man, it's crazy. Yeah. But 23 made all that, that very evident. I mean, was there anything positive for this year that you took? Not the podcast. Yeah, these foreign affairs are fucking legit. <laughs> what are we let's, smoking? Let's we're not drinking anything. Before we dive down here any further and longer on this, because we're just going to go down rabbit holes today and do a cool little year-end wrap. Um, we're both smoking foreign affair right now. Uh, top five um, for me. Frankie, you hit this out of the park with our man Luciano. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see both of you back in the lounge. Hopefully I can get both of you on the show this year. Um, to me, I mean, we've also got the Maria Lucia here, which is Luciano. Luc- that's his mom's release from this year, and that's a super cool story. I'll save that for when we have Luciano down here again and get him on the show. But Foreign Affair, um, at ICC, this made the top five. Mm-hmm. I think it was number three, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Now, Cigar um, Aficionado, this was like number 19. That's highway robbery. Apparently, you pay a lot enough money, they'll rate you wherever you want to be rated on Cigar Aficionado. But, Frankie, congrats, man. This is a phenomenal cigar that you and Luciano did. That's what we're smoking on. Um, We're not drinking anything yet, but we're planning on hanging out and drinking with y'all later. So um, once they open up this spot, they're so nice. They're letting us come in here and record before it even opens. That way we didn't have to deal with a lot of other things. But if this goes well and whatnot, and maybe enough of you want to come by and see this, and you want to stop by for the live show, we might be able to work that in. uh, This is set up for it. Next week, we got a cool guest coming in that should be a lot of fun. And he's even going to stay around and hang out. Smoke a cigar, have some drinks with you guys uh, once we do that show. Promo heavy. So, so that, people that announcement will be coming real put soon. Put in for some PTO. Get off work early. Come hang yeah. out. Yeah. That's how you do it. But uh, once again, so positive. We got the Foreign Affair. What was positive for you this year? Positive for 2023. Man, I haven't, I haven't even had the time to really sit down and do this yet. I've been working on so many different things. I haven't done this. Taxes are killing me right now. Um, trying to get prepared for all that because I have not been doing this right and um, my wife and I are going through this whole analysis thing so um, 2023 what was good um, man I had a lot of milestones in 2023 um, it was my 10 year anniversary mm. 
Congrats. So you made it through, you made a, it through the gauntlet years. That was a big thing for us. You know, we survived 10 whole years of marriage together and didn't kill each other. Ah. Um, <laughs> Wait till you get to 27. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I just, it was really a year of learning and figuring some things out, man. You know, like this year, figuring out how to grow this show and the little things that we've been doing wrong or that we could be doing better. You know, getting these short clips out and stuff like that, I really think that's going to help boost everything for us and really grow this show this year. You know, I have, we've hinted about it, we've talked about it a little bit on here, but the whole bringing in my passion for music and stuff I used to do with musicians and stuff back in the day, that has taken a whole nother evolution and we found other ways to do stuff, so... I, I'm going to say pretty confidently that I feel like we're going to have that off the ground in the early spring and be doing our first few shows. It's going to involve a couple different series. Um, I'm going to bring a good friend in. It's going to be like a co-host, I think, on one of the series. That It's going to be pretty awesome. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We're going to do some like songwriting 101 basically is all i'm going to say about that for right now but i'm super excited about that got some potential really big names in the music industry that are going to join the show um that's already lining up i'm going to see a place tomorrow that might be able to be involved as well um other big things for me, man. Like, we wrapped up the stuff at the house. Like, the house is all done. We're getting to finally enjoy that. We have no more furniture being replaced. Um, all open projects are done. Now that's got to feel like that, just completion. Man, that, completion. that alone, I got to the point where I was so tired of the stress that that was putting on my wife and our relationship and everything else that having all that done. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons I learned in that process and things I could have done way better and been way more helpful with. But yeah, I mean, a lot of good things learned, man, just in different attitudes, working on things. I feel like I really got my health back in check. That was probably the biggest thing for me in 2023 um, as of today, I am 50 pounds lighter than I was this exact time last year. 50? 50. Damn. And it's staying off. I'm maintaining it. I'm still dropping a little bit, but it's, you know, at this point, it's real slow. It's not anything happening fast. I'm not, I'm not trying to lose four to five pounds in a week type scenario nah. or anything anymore. Change your habits. I'm That's also try to put on a little bit of size certain areas and you know do that but you know just having that i mean i've got doctor's appointments lined up the first year i'm actually excited for because i want to go in and see what those numbers say now and see the look on my doctor's face and i'm 50 pounds lighter than i was last time i saw her you know heart doctor and my regular doctor so you know this year was a year and a half of me i'm a little over a year and a half of not dipping anymore that was a huge thing. Yeah. Although I clutched when I couldn't have a cigar and stuff and went back to smoking cigarettes off and on. Mm. And that was absolutely crucial to me to get that behind me as well. So that's that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, only cigars now. 
No more cigarettes. Natural from the earth. Couple of like weed. weed. Yeah, I mean, cigars don't have. You know, this is a debate that happens at the lounge a lot, too, of cigarettes and cigars. And my honest feelings on it are this. You know, yes, this is all natural stuff from the earth. And it's not treated with chemicals. So right then and there, that's hands down 10 levels above a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Then add the fact, I mean, they ain't got to put filters on these things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what do you need a filter for on a cigarette? So what is it about a cigarette, though? It's the chemicals and stuff. Plus, you're fully inhaling cigarettes. Like, I don't know many people that fully inhale cigars. Like, I know a couple that do. I mean, do, I know a I don't couple, how, but, I mean, but I don't know how you do that. Like, I would be over here puking, and I mm-hmm. smoke cigars regularly. Every day. Yeah, Every I day. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand that part. For me. Yeah, what about you? What, clarity. What was, what clarity. Was, clarity from the guests that we've had on the show to uh, lessons learned in business as I figured out. So my problem was I couldn't figure out what my business was going to be. Uh What can I do? And that's the thing about, we talked about uh, multitasking. I do so many things that I need to just pick a lane and be in and kind of figure it out. Or uh, something somebody said to me was, you've mastered the camera. I put in my 10,000 hours, all that stuff. DJing, I've been DJing since I was 12, whatever. Now, master the business. It was the business. That's that's it. Yeah. Doing all this is easy, but it's the business of how does these pieces of equipment that I've invested so much money in actually pay for themselves and make you a living? So the clarity upon that. And so for me, it was a, it was a, it was okay year as far as that, but it was a year of a journey of trying to figure it out. And literally in the last month in December, when I sat down to write out my goals for twenty four, this has been the first time that it was super easy to figure out what I was going to do, what the path was, how to do it. Did you and put a why with it this time? Everything. Yeah. I've even got to actually. That's why plan. I'm taking a little more time with mine this year is I, it's got to have a why. The why, and I have a why with every one of my goals. And if that why isn't strong, it's getting. Nah, because there's an action off. plan with each one of them as well. Mm-hmm. Here's the action plan, you know, making movies. I've, I've been wanting to make movies, like films, since I was in high school. I dabbled here and there. I made, I've done 600 music videos, which are many movies to me, but I've never taken the time out. But when I finally got here to Texas and got to Dallas, and now this year, I was able to meet people that are actually in the industry to give insight. They've seen my work and they're interested and want to do it. It's just the ability to network to get to where you want to be. It gave me more clarity that I'm actually working on a film project as we speak. I've written it. I've outlined it. I've done it. I had a phone call, a WhatsApp call this morning with a kid from London that I was introduced to from somebody that I just met this weekend, and he just graduated from London Film School, and his strength is writing. So sent him an NDA, presented him with my idea, and now this kid is writing the script. I can write, but I don't have time. Mm-hmm. So I was able to give him a beginning, a middle, and an end, and he's filling in the blanks. I got everything else handled. You know, the production and what we're doing with the show, when we when we discovered a lot of things that would help uh, make the show forward as far as how we do the promotion and do things like that, all the effort you put into it, the stuff that I bring and all that, that's become a lot more clear in the path of you working it out. Personally, relationships at home, all these things, like literally at the end of this month, just got clear. And it's like now the biggest thing is execution. 
Yeah. One thing people do is they think that they spend so much time. I read a book called The Four Hour Work Week years ago. Tim Ferriss. Just doing it. Yeah. Tim. Tim even tells you in the book. Now put this shit down and go do something. Mm -hmm. People can wish and dream all day, but if there's no execution, you're wasting your time. And that was it. Like I know people that are professional students. They've got masters, bachelors, PhDs, PhDs. and don't do shit with it. That's like going to the gym and sitting down and expecting to get in shape. Just sitting down and watching. How many people do you know, and you can use our guests for this example. I think several of them even talked about this. How many of our guests, how many of you out there have a degree in something that you don't even work in? That you actually do, and you're not a doctor or a lawyer. If you're not some kind of, if you're not in the medical field, you're not a lawyer, how many of you have a, a degree that you actually your job or your business is a direct result of that degree. So here's the change I've I, seen. It, I mean, like that's like, I'll bet you 20% actually out of, do. Out of desperation until I snapped myself out of it and decided to work for myself and not really try to build other people's dreams. Now, my, my skill set would help other dreams, but it's part of my skill set. But what I noticed in when I started looking at LinkedIn and looking at all these things, degrees weren't really highly sought after. Now I'm looking and I'm seeing a lot more experience. This degree or the experience equivalent, I see that pretty much in everything. Um, And that's what people are wanting that because, I mean, college, and I'm not dissing education because you have to have education to understand vocationally whatever you're doing. But to me, a degree is nothing but showing that you can take four years of your life and dedicate yourself and commit to the discipline. Discipline is the key word at the very top of my goals list. I want to take the word goals out and just put discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ed Milet talks about that all the time. When you have to man up and you have to actually show discipline, discipline, I didn't lose 50, I lost like 18. You know, but one of my goals was just not about weight. It was like being able to bench 225 10 times, being able to actually squat this, being able to get into a large shirt and a 34-inch waist. Those are my goals because, to me, it's more achievable than looking at a scale because muscle weighs more than fat. So if you're actually hitting it and the scale is going up and you're getting depressed, but I'm now wearing an extra-large shirt that's loosey-goosey, that's what you have to look at. But it takes discipline to stay consistent to reach it. Yeah, well, and you're right, though, but, like, neither of us would have had the coach without the coaching of Alex. Alex, I mean... And and where we're taking our measurements, because, like you said, if you try to live and die by that scale, you're going to fail. But your arms go from a 13 to a 17. That shit's going to make you (laughs) furious on days where you went down four pounds this week, and now you're up three pounds. And what he did was... two pounds, and now you're up one pound. But But Alex enforced consistency. He says, man, don't trip. So what, you ate, you know, because my wife be on some bullshit, because, like, this weekend, she she made banana bread. Shit, that dude... Oh, you just got an Uber Eats addiction, too? Bruh. No, 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 she made it. No, banana bread. Mm. She. My wife has this thing, like... When the holidays hit, she loses her mind and becomes like Chef Boy R.D. Pillsbury. Betty like Crocker in there. Man, bro, she made lemon cake. Like, everything that I love that I don't mess with. Damn it, Cool Beans. I didn't get none of this. Bro, this, oh, she's making two tonight. I'll save you one. <laughs> she, made, she knows I love red velvet. Like, I don't eat, like, like my kids, eat, I don't eat candy and all that. But, like, bake shit? Bruh. And I don't eat it because I don't do sugar. But the holidays, you let loose a little bit. And I was like, Alex, man, she made banana bread. He says, well, hell, eat a piece for me. 
He said, just make sure that you spend about an extra 20 minutes on your cardio to counteract that. Don't yeah. feel guilty and no control. Have discipline. But you can't go through your life living like a health monk and not do anything because the one thing well, that he, he, he taught me that anybody should take this thing. If you've been working out, busting your ass, you plateau. Here's something that I never knew. You know, I've been doing this weightlifting thing off and on for years. Mm -hmm. And I would always plateau at 209. No matter what, man, at 209, I'd stop. And I'm like, what the hell? He said, because your body is used to carrying a certain amount of weight. And it automatically shuts everything down, no matter what you put into it, until you push it past that point because you're staying consistent. And then I drop down to what, 201. That's what I'm at two now, 201, finally. I even got the little... That's so funny. 209 was a part for me, and now it's 200 pounds. See, and I'm just I trying to get down, to 190. I hit, I hit 198, and then I go back to 199, and then I hit... And then somewhere in the week, I'll be at two, 201. Your body is just body used is to just carrying, like carrying something no matter what you put into it. So when you see all these people that I saw last all this drastic weight, how many of them you see them gain twice the amount of weight back the mm -hmm. next time you see them? You know, I'm not saying no names, but I've just noticed people in the lounge that was like, whoop, and then ain't seen them for six or seven months, and now they're bigger than what they were. And I'm like, yo, yeah. what happened? And that's only because the consistency went out the window due to life. Yeah. Life happened, things go on, things change or whatever. But I've always heard that with credit, with money, with relationships, with weight, if you take the time for a period of time to live like no one else, that's the sacrificial part you end up living a life like no one else. That's the reward. And you don't do it for one minute. This is just your new habits. Yeah. And if you if you get that discipline to keep them new habits and adapt them, yeah. then things are great. And there's people that, you know, I've moved on from. There's, you know, groups, certain social activities and stuff that I've been letting go to the wayside. And you has it I mean? caused you, you know any more detriment yes, in your life? I've changed. Yeah, there's nothing changed, wrong with that. But you know what? I, you know, there's certain things I want in my life. And you know what? I was putting a lot of things on hold and I was not, I wasn't, I wasn't living the way I wanted to live. And I was just, you know, finding other things to occupy time. You know, whether that's, I did a, a lot of that. I did a lot of that or, chasing other people's way of life. Yeah. I think, well, if the camera ain't working for me, I'm going to go get a trucking company. Meet I'm so going to go do so, this. And I got to do that. I got to do this and that. Like, nah, bullshit. You don't like, do you. But and some people don't know what that you is. You know what? And I still you don't know find what that your own you identity. is completely. But you know what? Every day I'm, I'm doing the things that are working. And I'm, I'm sticking with those habits and those disciplines. Because, you know, when I look back, when I had that discipline and I did those things, guess what? Life was a lot better. Guess what? I was healthier. I was this. I was that. Uh, people, oh, he was very aggressive. He was, you know, an entrepreneur. He was chasing this stuff. You start letting some of that go by the wayside because everybody says I'm too busy. Everybody says I'm too busy. Bullshit. You're too busy with the wrong things. Mm -hmm. You got to find the things that you want to be busy with. And I'm still not great at this. I'm still working on this, like, constantly. You know, my wife could probably tell you 20 things I fell at every day. But she also supports me on the things I am succeeding at. You know, so, I mean, there's balance, you know, and, and finding those balances, I think, is crucial to everybody. This and is the year of the blinder for me. Putting people in your surrounding and in your circle that are doing the things. And you know what? That's that's hard sometimes because everybody says that, like, put yourself at the table that you don't feel comfortable at. Well, 
how how do you find that table? How do you do that? And like, but then if you start thinking about it, like how many times did you have a chance that you could have sat at a table or you could have gone over and introduced yourself or had a conversation with somebody and just treated them like a normal human being and started a conversation with them? I mean, as good as I think I am at that at times, I suck at it too. And it was like, man, I wasn't doing enough of that. Like, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable sitting at that table. Like, sometimes I'll say, like, you know, a lot, especially with a lot of the people that I get to meet through this show, through the lounge, stuff like that. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't play in that arena. But you know what? Once I started a conversation, started trying to befriend somebody and actually be their friend and get to know them, did they ever treat me any differently? No. I mean, I could rattle off some names, but I'm not going to sit here and just name drop. But, I mean... There's a person, and he knows who he is. He's been on the show. And, man, first few times I was around him, I mean, I love the dude. The great personality. He's super successful at what he does. And I was like, man, I, I, can't, I can't play in that game. Like, that dude makes, has, makes and has made 10x times what I've made in my lifetime. And, but you know what? He's never treated me that way. That was my own internal struggle of me trying to vision that and try to be around that. And you know, that, that dude just called me last week and was like, yo, let's hang out. I want to smoke a cigar. We need to catch up. And we set a date for when he's free and I'm free. And you know, here in a week or two, I'm going to go, we're going to go hang out and have some cigars and who knows, just get, get caught up on things. But I mean, I can tell you the first few times I was like, man, I, I don't deserve to be at this table. Like why I, I can't, I can't invest with these dudes. I can't this and that. Like, I set those limitations, though. I set that. Because in reality, like, I could still learn something from them. Maybe, you know, it's a connection to somebody that, you know, helps me out in my business. And you know what? Every time I let those things go, I'm shown that something good comes of it and something's going to happen when you, when you just get past that stuff and you quit worrying about it. Well, so the two points to make to that is if anybody just think about this, I, I was saying this is the year of me putting blinders on. Think about when you are quiet in a room and you take everything in, you learn so much more that you didn't even know was there if you just give yourself a minute to be an observer and not always have to participate. That's fun to get your point in and get your opinion and all that stuff in, but I just think one of my goals for this year is to observe more and like, have you ever seen the TikTok stuff when they say disappear for a year? Mm -hmm. I want to do that. I want to disappear for a year, kind of be quiet, not kind of be the 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 outspoken one. Kind of like think how James Bond does. He's just a cool cat in the room. But if you speak to him, he's knowledgeable. He's in there. He's rock solid. But he doesn't always have to be the center of attention. He's that guy that just observes, does what he needs to do, and he can execute when he needs to. You know, that's one of the things I feel like. I did so much better in 2023 than 2022 when I have gone back and been doing this editing and doing these new shorts and stuff. You're able to review your performance. That my favorite episodes are the ones where I don't have to talk as much and that it's, you know, I can guide a conversation and then let it run, ask some questions and redirect people back and forth. But the people that I just get, on a roll and they just flow and it's like a flow state, man, that's, that's gold to me now. And you know what, like you said, 
I'm trying to do that more in my life, not always give my opinion, not always have something to say and to do so much less of that. Because like you said, you learned so much. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, you know, and the more I embrace that, the more I see value in multiple ways. That's what I like about the show is that we've gotten everybody on from ex-athletes to Navy SEALs to entrepreneur to construction. And I'm Business taking a little bit, everything. taking a little bit from their experiences on how they use common sense to get where they've gotten. And some of it you can relate to and some of it you never thought about. Yeah. You know, and that's why you would see me in episodes. I'm staring at the phone because I'm, I'm, I monitor everything. So I'm monitoring on the phone with, with Facebook and I'm looking at YouTube and all stuff. But then I'm writing notes down and taking nuances from what they're saying because they're dropping gems as we're going. And what's cool about now that we have software that can pick out the gems for us and you can go see it. And it's just like it's such a collective that everybody right now with one of my jobs being content creation for social media. And knowledge is probably the new commerce. You know, everybody sold something, everybody got everything, but now when you go to social media, it's all about learn, 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 learn. But now even they figure out a way now, if you wanna learn more, you gotta pay me, which is fine. I'm not mad at that, because I've been taught by fellow photographers over the years that they've all gotten a mentor and they've paid for it. Mm -hmm. Everything ain't cheap in life. You can't get everything for free. No. If you want something to perform, it's going to cost something. It has to have value to it. you, you got to invest in your own education. Too. Yes. And that goes back to what we said is experience. Everything doesn't have to come with a degree of certification. If you go to what's the greatest school of ever, the school of hard knocks. You know, and that's from the way we were raised by our parents, our grandparents, the world, experiences and all yeah. that. You know, I try to tell my children, like the first time I, when my son, the 15-year-old, but I think he was 12 at the time when he ran away. And it was like 13 degrees outside. And and when he went to come back in and I locked the door and I let that ass stay outside for about a good half hour, freeze. And I said, as you see outside these doors, the world is a lot colder than what it is in here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that you weren't prepared for that. Now, if you were prepared and smarter when you ran away, instead of running outside in a T-shirt and shorts, acting like you were taking out the trash, but you had a backpack sitting around the corner and thought you were going to do something, you weren't prepared. And that's what I'm trying to teach you. You yeah. learned the lesson that way, the school of hard knocks. And you could be a Burke warmer all day, but if you don't venture outside that comfort zone, how do you grow? If you don't work a muscle out and stress it and break it down, it won't grow. If you don't exercise this and then execute, how will you grow? You know, I struggle with this. There's some groups that I've looked into. The problem is there's so many bullshit ones. That that's, these guys take hard. your money, you that's come be hard. a part of these groups, and what did you really gain from it? And that's where the mistrust comes in when I was and talking that's about that's where a lot learning. of that happens, yes. man. And, you know, I'm not going to name any names because there's one I'm still heavily on the fence on. My wife's against most of this stuff, you know, when it comes to that, just because she's seen so many people get burnt on those things. And I get it. Trust me. It makes me super leery myself. But you also have to weigh what what rooms is this putting you in? Is it putting you in your room where at the end of the day you still learn something? Did you have to buy more stuff? Did you, you know, what what's it really doing? And, you know, really checking these guys out because 
Some of them are all about showing you on Instagram their fancy cars, flying in private jets, and all this bullshit. Most of that's bullshit. And most of it's bullshit. But then there's the ones that are really legit, and you kind of got to weigh through that stuff. And, you know, there's ones that, you know, I think are really cool, and then, you know, there's ones that, you know, that ain't the game I'm trying to be in right now. Somebody asked me this question literally. though. Because you just gave me a great idea a second ago. I ain't letting you off. I hope you ain't going to say the same thing because I'm going to tell you. You go ahead first and I'll tell you what somebody just literally said in a conversation on my way here and what you're talking about. Go ahead. All right. So you just said, and I watch you do this while we're doing these shows. You take notes and you're writing down these nuggets. You probably get a better job of this. I don't like having something to write on. I, I live by it. I mean, I brought something today that while we were here, I was going to kind of, you know, go through this. And I had some ideas, but you and I just flow. So I was like, you know, this isn't really nah. more what I'm going to do or talk about X, Y, Z. So, like, I don't really like doing that. And I feel like it takes some focus away. But I am going to go with one of my small notebooks moving forward in 2024 so that I can write down more because I'm going to talk less. Less than I talked in 2023. So... That's part of my goal. But I think something cool we could probably do, and we find a way to put it on the website. After the shows, we should take my show prep notes of what I put out there. I'm sure somebody would want to see those. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes I don't do any show prep notes. But we should have, like, a little segment on there, Business Gems. And, like, whatever you wrote down... And why, like, and why that stood out to me. Why that stood out to you or whatever. Maybe maybe we make that a little segment or maybe maybe we do a short recap after. We'll talk about this more, but that I want to throw that out there. I'm putting this on him because I know he takes these good notes because then we have these conversations after the fact. Always. Or off the air while we're loading all this crap up. We're sitting here talking about those. And sometimes that goes to the wayside because how much do you and I actually go back and watch one of these? It's those moments that stick out in our heads, though. Because when I do the reviews and all that stuff like that, the recaps, that's when I do it. But I always go for the two minutes and but the two we also, cents. Yeah, do it for the two cents. And we do it for the, you know, what would your last piece of advice be? You know, stuff like that. But what if we did that just because there's other nuggets in there. And, like, the AI is catching those. And that's what we're putting out in some of these short clips and stuff. Because then that's key in moments but for it could us be something the ai doesn't catch and there's a reason why this resonates. like you know if you listen to a yeah. minister in a sermon so what i was going to say what you're saying with that though is that think about what we talked about education is the new commerce think about all the shit that you know the things that you you not that you take it for granted but you just don't think about it in your industry right. you right now could formulate a course to do what you do even if you look at some of the guys we talked about your new hires to do what you do and train them and teach them but People never think about taking what they have as a skill and not selling it as a scammy course. What if there was a new approach to it to where it's more of a hands-on internship, it's this, it's that. Is there another way to pass on that knowledge but make it to where the value is there and it doesn't seem like it is a scam? Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. This is actually a note I have we're going to be having our 2024 sales meeting with with my partners at Element in the upcoming weeks. And that is actually something I'm trying to get the buy-in on. I really think that you can get more people into your industry if it was more of a hands-on, one-on-one 
course with the payoff in the, the end. The thing I'm seeing and learning the most about my business, even after 15 years of doing this, is you get to a point where you just want an opportunity starting out. You get the opportunities, you work really hard to get those, and you start building relationships. And at a certain point, you can only do so much, and you're trying to keep everybody happy. But I think you also have to teach the way that we've learned it because this is a generation of instant gratification. Right. If they do it that way with you, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon, but the reward is so much more at the end if you if you stick it exactly. out. Exactly, but how do you reward them and give them pieces of that to have them do that and help them help you build? Because at the end of the day, in sales, it's your relationships that matter. Mm-hmm. And if you start letting relationships suffer, then your business suffers, and you hit a point where you're trying to do too much. Or then you try to hand off certain things and other things fall through the cracks and it costs you a relationship, it does different things. I've experienced this tremendously in the last two years. And especially as our business is on a downturn right now, hopefully going back up in 2025, I think 2024 is gonna be a rough year for my industry to a certain degree. But how do you bring that back up and pick that back up you have to delegate a little bit more and you have to be able to be focused on that one thing that really truly matters is the presence and the relationships. Maybe you get a couple. So test giving more and try. I've got the subjects and it's, it's how we make it all work because now I'm changing our business model. That's worked very good for 20 years to a certain degree. And that's going to be, you know, things have to evolve. Things have to evolve. The way you did it 20 years ago, isn't the way it's done now or the clientele or the people that you're looking, the talent you're looking for is different. You know, we couldn't operate, you know, like I have a granddaughter who's two, almost three, and she can out-program anybody on a phone, do all these other things. So there's just different ways you have to look at it. Yeah. With my business, I'm so busy looking for outsourcing, for editing and other things that I don't want to do in other countries. And I'm like, why can't I find somebody right here that's hungry, that's talented, but the problem is I can't find anybody with the dedication towards it or they'll be like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're yeah, gone. How much are you paying me? Exactly. How Instead of how about me? how much can I teach you? Yeah. How about I teach you and then at the end of once you got it, you get it, you get it. Then you're worth your weight. Then we can pay Nobody you. Nobody wants you. to put in the time and the work. That's what's nah. so hard. So maybe that's something that we work at in 2024. When we bring people in, we bring people on we kind of give a little bit of a movement. I'm planning on bringing in some interns to start helping with the setup, how to work this, how to nuance it, how to look at everything and everything else. So I can actually sit in on an episode while I watch my person run this whole outfit. You know, that they're hungry. Yeah. They want to do it for themselves and do it the right way. Multi-camera will help with that too. Like yeah. That's going to be something dope. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, there's so many people starting YouTube channels and they already have this knowledge, but nobody wants to kind of up the game and take it to a professional level. I have a niece who, four years ago, I took her senior pictures in high school. Now she works for the Houston Astros as a photographer. My nephew. My nephew. We had him on the show. Like, I yes. got to find a way to get this little dude involved, man. It's like, Alex. Because he is smart as a whip. Dude, he's unreal, man. This kid blows my mind every time I talk to him. Like, We're looking at our timestamp here. Yeah, we got to start wrapping it up. So. so give me your two cents for not what you learned in the past, but what are your two cents for what you're looking for for this year? My two cents. 
I should have known you were going to do this to me. Damn right, because I don't never get to do it. It's your turn to be on the hot seat. Yeah. My two cents. My two cents is listen more, talk less. Number one. My second cent is learn more. Put, put time into your own education, your own knowledge, your own expansion of that, and put a plan together to do those things. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Mm. Don't just talk about it. As you know, if there's one thing I have done well is I don't procrastinate. Now, if I decide to do something, I'm all in. And I, I go all in. Yeah, it is evident. And I'll learn the hard way. This is an example I right here. I have to learn the hard way sometimes. I go all in. I'm either in or I'm out. I, there's no half-assed version of me that can just half-ass it. And when I feel like something's being half-assed, that's what kills me. Or if I don't have enough time to dedicate to that or whatnot, then usually I'll drop it and I'll try to find another way. But that, that would be what I would say because I feel like if you establish the what it is you want to do, what it is you want to learn, and you put a why with it, and that why is important enough to you, then you make the plan to do it. You have the discipline to do that day in and day out, whether that's a small little step each and every day that you are actively moving towards that and then just have the discipline to not quit. And if you do those things, that that was resonated by every single guest that is successful in their field, whatever that field may have been, from the special forces guys that have gone on to do other great things, to the business owners, to the Doug Cardozas that chased their dream and never quit, and kept going to the sales guys, you name it. I, I can show you examples in any episode of where somebody did that. Your favorite one, JJ. You know, yeah, you're going to fail, but that failure is just a stepping stone to go one next time. But if you have the discipline to keep after it day in, day out, and don't quit, eventually you'll get there. Mine are the same. It's pretty much the same thing. I think I would probably say is my two cents is, Take all the goals you've had in the last 10 years. Look at the ones you've accomplished, the ones you have not. Take the ones you have not and cut them down into one. Literally, take your goals one goal at a time so you can focus on that goal and achieve it. Put all, you know, it's kind of like when you snowball debt. You're going to focus on one debt until it's paid off. And then when you take that debt, you take the extra that you had and you put it on the next debt. Just look at it as a goal. Take the energy and the effort after you accomplish one. Now take that same energy and effort put it on the next one. And that's what my goal is for this year is to make sure that I focus on one goal at a time and I don't have 200, I only have five. And they're in different regions of my life. They're financial, they're spiritual, they're uh, self-healing, they're the business, all those things. But yes, you may have to do little things to make them other ones go, but I'm going to knock out one at a time because I think focus is focus when it's very You got to turn one into a habit at a time. A habit you can, at a time. You can steadily be working towards all of them, but it's, it's making some part of that a habit in your daily life and to sum it up execution mm -hmm. like you said don't talk about it be about it talking to our boy ryan here's one thing he, one thing he gave me two years ago he says now shut up he says shut up and just show me i don't want to hear about nothing else you want to do i want to see the results of what you've done 
Yep. And, and that's literally my two cents. What it just show me better than you can tell me. Yeah. And that will say everything and do everything. And if you live your life like that, man, it's, it's easy peasy. You know what? And that's a, I had this conversation with two of our younger project managers. I ain't going to call you all out by name, but that's the same damn thing I've told both of you for the last year. And we're about to have this conversation again. See, now you already know Monday morning y'all in trouble, but don't worry about it. It ain't Monday morning, but yeah. (laughs) But it's the same thing. You guys are surrounded by 60 years of knowledge in this industry. Quit talking the talk, man. Quit bumping your gums so that everybody hears about what you know, what you think, and just listen, man. And if you quit acting like you know everything and you shut up and just start doing your job and you start paying attention and you care about it, these other guys will help you. You'll learn. You'll grow. But you get too caught up in telling people what you know and talking about these things, and you really need to tone that down. You know, like, and that goes for a lot of people in a lot of different instances. You know, I just gave a very specific example, but, and it's ironic. I mean, look at us. Both of us, yeah, we do this podcast together, and we're trying to grow something here together. Mm-hmm. And we got the other one in the mix. And, but yet, both of us have different day jobs. We have different things to pay the bills. We have different family situations and stuff like that. But, but the same value out outlook. of all of this, we both have grown from the same things in 2023. And we both kind of have the same almost exact goals and outlooks. I think that's something we'll talk about in another episode is how people, you know, your, your five people that you hang with, hang with are the sum of who you are mm-hmm. and how certain things align. And they do that naturally. They just do it naturally. I've done, yeah. you know, but we, we won't drag it out to that point. We'll just wrap it up and say Absolutely. that our outlook is execution for 2024. Absolutely. Whatever yours may be, we'll do. But it looks like they're about to open up for business. Yeah, they're starting, We're to, right they're now. starting to start opening up things. So let's wrap this up. Man, I've enjoyed sitting down doing this wrap-up yeah, with you, man. You don't never get a chance to just tie. hang out and do it like this, this. So, But we will continue the conversation after we clean all this up and get right right show. and Cherie, thank I want to give you a huge thank you. I hope you'll let us come back next week, do this again. Uh, you guys were very gracious with this. Um, you guys, hopefully some of you all come to join us, have a cigar, have some drinks with us. We're going to do this again next week. So the plan is of right now, as soon as I get confirmation... We will put out next week's guests. I'm going to leave you again with, if you've checked out the podcast, Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu, we got Mr. Strasberger coming on the show next week, and I think y'all are going to really enjoy this. And he's even agreed to come hang out afterwards with you guys. So we're going to do the show. It'll be pre-recorded. It will come out relatively close to when we normally put the shows out. This is going to be the situation for the next four to six weeks. You're not going to be able to be live commenting, so we're going to be going back, watching y'all's comments, send us messages, send us comments, give us likes, give us shares. That really helps. You guys want to go in. You guys are enjoying the show. Please go in. Give us a review. Give us a like. That matters a lot for what we are doing. But, yeah, back next week with the first guest of the new season, and we're ready to rock. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Till next time, peace. Happy 2024. Happy 2024.